Everything you need to know about how to stop hurting the people you love is in the Healed Being course, a comprehensive step-by-step program to help those hurting the ones they love stop the behaviors, get to the root of the emotional triggers behind those behaviors, and create the healthiest, most amazing relationships possible. If this sounds like something you or someone you know might need, head over to HealedBeing.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I want to help you learn the skills you need to deal with life's challenges using emotional intelligence and critical thinking without compromising who you are. Yes, I probably sound sound stuffy. (laughs) I probably sound a little sick, and I am, I am sick. Excuse me. I'm just going to go on with the show. I have COVID. I have had it for a few days. Uh, Before I go on here and get lost somewhere, uh, this show consists of my personal opinions. It is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. And uh, here I am uh, going on with the show. I missed last week's show. If you are a subscriber and no episode popped into the feed, that's why. And uh, I I sound different. I feel different. Um, My COVID uh, is really kicking my butt. Um, but I've had shots, if anyone's curious, and I've had the boosters, but I didn't get the last one. I thought, well, should I get it? I don't know. Is it going to be as effective as, you know, I had these conversations in my head and my girlfriend and I also had these conversations. And, um, I think the conclusion, (laughs) yes, I probably should have gotten that last booster. Uh, but the conclusion is I'm getting older. I'm getting older, and as we age, things are going to be different. Things are going to affect us differently. I mean, I've heard all my life, you should get a flu shot every year, especially if you're older. And so I thought, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not going to, and I never did. I never got the flu shot for many, many years. And I only started getting it uh, a couple of years back, and... um I'm glad I did because now I'm 52 and it's important for me. And I'm not, this is not a show about, hey, you should get vaccinated. I'm not saying that at all to each their own. You follow your path, I follow mine. But I'm expressing some of this today because somebody wrote to me and they said, uh, can you have a show on aging? Can you do a show on how you relate to yourself and the world as you age. And I thought, what better day to do it (laughs) than feeling old because of a sickness or because of anything. I mean, sometimes you do things during the day or at night and you're thinking, man, this is so hard. And you might think it's not as um, easy as it used to be. This used to be easier. Like I went into the attic a few months back. Okay, I'm going to rewire this light switch. That was my goal. And I'm pulling on the cable and the damn thing <laughs> was was stapled to the stud. So I couldn't pull the wire, couldn't pull the electrical wire through. So I had to go up into the attic and um, I might have had to go up there anyway. But I went up there and we got a small hole above the washer. So I have to move the washer. I have to put a ladder there. And by the time I get up into the attic, I'm already feeling my age. (laughs) I'm already really um, starting to feel more tired or exhausted than I would normally feel only a few years ago. Here I am, 52-year-old man, climbing into an attic, and I'm thinking, I've got this. I used to crawl around attics when I was in my 20s and 30s because I used to run cable. I was working and... 
I used to do it in Florida in the hot attics and not a good idea, but I was flexible. <laughs> I was agile. I was dynamic back then. And now I feel static <laughs> because when I got into the attic and static in the attic and I started moving around, my limbs weren't doing what they used to do. It felt like my muscles weren't strong enough to hold me up the, the way they used to. I don't work out, uh, at least now I do, but I wasn't working out back then. So I didn't realize that um, when you get a certain age, uh, your body starts to deteriorate in ways that if you don't pay attention and don't do anything preventative ahead of time that you might need, that it's just going to not function as you want it to. I mean, this again, this is my personal journey, not saying it's yours, not describing your future. You can have a totally different future. But for me, this is what I'm experiencing. And this is how I relate to aging and being in that attic that day uh, really highlighted something that uh, I had to understand. And that was that I'm not who I used to be. I'm not the person I used to be physically. I feel the same mentally. I still feel like maybe a 35-year-old. <laughs> I still feel like I can do the things I did when I was in my 30s. But I got in the attic and suddenly I'm thinking, am I going to be able to make it across the floor of this attic uh, to the uh, corner where I need to pull this wire? And it was one of the hardest things I've had to do in, you know, since we've moved here, we've been here about four or five years. And, uh, it's one of the hardest things I've had to do in general, physically, as far as what I thought might be a lot easier. It wasn't. And going back to what I said earlier, I'm realizing because I'm sharing with you what I believe, how we need to consider what we need to consider what, when we age. What do we need to, to consider when we age? And I think one of the things that we do need to consider is that there will be a point where we don't function on autopilot. And for many, many years, all my life, I functioned on autopilot. Hey, I'll always be able to use my arms and legs like this. There was always a homeostasis for my physical being. So I never really um, worried about getting less muscle or less mass. I never worried about gaining weight because I just had a, a good metabolism my entire life. And then um, late 40s, early 50s, that changed. And I started gaining weight. And I started seeing parts of my body get bigger. And I thought, what the heck's going on? <laughs> Do I have a disease? What's going on? And it was this transition, this transition part of when the body starts uh, changing. And, you know, this happens to different people at different times. And maybe it won't happen to you. But for me, this is what I noticed. Around 50, things started shifting. And shifting in a way that, like, I, my metabolism isn't that great anymore. It still works. I can still eat more than I probably should. But now I have these fat deposits <laughs> and I don't like them. And so I thought, okay, I need to start working out so that I can get rid of some of this fat because all my life I didn't have to worry about that. And all my life I've also been active. So that's another part of this is that I've noticed that um, as I get older and I am not as active as I used to be, that it's harder to reactivate myself. In the past, it wasn't. It wasn't harder to reactivate. But now, if I'm not active for a long time, like before, I could not be active for a long time and it would be okay because then I just reactivate, you know, go take a walk, go ride a bike or whatever, and it would be a problem. But nowadays, if I'm not active more often, then it's harder to be active. 
And I know I'm preaching to the choir to a lot of people, and I apologize, but I'm learning. This is the first time I've actually um, reflected on this stuff. And I think it's important that we start thinking about preventative maintenance on our bodies and our minds and thinking about what we can do going forward when we start reaching an age that it might be uh, necessary. Now, it would be great if I could have done this earlier. Like, had I understood or realized that my body wasn't going to work as it always has, then I would have changed my routine. Or would I have? (laughs) There's another thing. It's like our brain doesn't really want to do certain things, so we won't. I really don't like exercise, at least certain forms of it, so... I avoid it, and as long as I'm not gaining weight, and as long as I can still use my arms and legs and still crawl into the attic, it's no problem. But then necessity kind of takes over, and we have to do different things. So maybe this is sort of a PSA for you, but if you are getting older, or you're getting in that age range where things are changing, things are working differently, something that I've recently finally understood is that the the body does change and requires more of what it didn't get earlier on. Because you may not have needed it earlier on. At least I didn't. I didn't need a lot of my, uh, you know, exercise. And I didn't need it because I was active. And I'm still active in some ways, but it doesn't matter. Because what I've learned is that the, the body requires more of what, it used to need, but maybe I didn't feed it last time. So the body is now telling me, hey, in order to uh, stay in a good way, in order to stay in shape, in order to have a somewhat healthy and positive homeostatic state, you need to do more. So now I have to do more. I have to. Because... Seeing the deterioration tells me, and this is just a personal view, but maybe scientifically it's true, but it tells me that for the first 50 years of my life, I was growing and growing and growing. I hope you understand where this is going. (laughs) Because for the next 50 years of my life, I consider myself slowly deteriorating. Should I say I'm dying and dying and dying? That's what it feels like. It feels like if I don't, keep up, that I will probably die faster. This isn't advice. (laughs) This isn't the truth, and you should follow the truth. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, for me, this is my new philosophy, that if I don't do more, I will uh, die faster. That's just terrible to say. It sounds so pessimistic, but it really compels me, really motivates me to stay in shape. It really motivates me to say, you know what, I've got a life partner, my girlfriend, and I'm going to be with her forever, at least till the end of our lives. But I don't want to die early. I don't want to put her through that. I even told her, I said, you know, I, I don't want this to sound wrong, but I would rather you die first so that you wouldn't have to deal with the pain of me dying first. It's just awful. I know it's awful. It's awful to say. And it's a little, it sounds egotistical because, you know, it just sounds that way. She understood. And she said, that's a good idea. (laughs) So uh, that's where we stand. But I don't want to die first. I don't want to die second. I don't want to die at all, of course. But I want to live old enough with her on this world, on this earth, in this house, or wherever we go together. Because I want to be there for her. I want to be there for my family. And so I think about, you know, even if I was alone, even if I was completely alone, I I think about my body deteriorating and realize I can't just be lazy anymore. I can't just order a large pizza and eat it all by myself. I don't do that anymore. But I used to. (laughs) I used to be able to do that. I can't now, thankfully. But I, I just can't do what I used to do. 
And so to the person who wrote and said, you know, what is your or how should you relate to aging? What is your relationship with aging? My relationship with aging is getting to know myself and serving myself so well that I give myself the gift of healing and growth and preventative maintenance and doing all I can to make sure that if I ever have to climb more stairs than I'm used to, that I'm ready for it. That doesn't mean I'll be running a marathon, but I think it's important to be ready for the basics. I mean, the basics were easier when we were younger, assuming all your limbs worked and you were somewhat healthy. The basics were a lot easier for a lot of us when we were younger. And then as we grow, the basics get a little bit more challenging. And in my personal viewpoint, I am now deteriorating. And in order to prevent that, I have to do more. I have to do more movement. I have to be more diligent in what I eat. I have to shop around the outside of the grocery store <laughs> more often, not the aisles where all the processed foods are. I have to uh, take my girlfriend's comments about how I'm showing up seriously. And I mean physically. She'll say something like, hey, you know, you snore. And I think that's pretty normal, right? And she said, well, it could indicate a bigger problem. And uh, you also get up a lot at night. And I said, well, that's normal too, right? I got to pee. I'm in my 50. <laughs> and she said, well, maybe, but that could be a bigger issue. And then she asked me, will you please go to the doctor and get checked out? And I thought, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I don't want to go to the doctor. I mean, so what? I, I get up at night. So what if I snore? Well, since she's like, well, you're, you're kicking me up. <laughs> and then I'll say, okay, okay. We got to work on that for sure. I don't want to keep you up. But, uh, you know, she insisted, go see the doctor, do a sleep study. And so that's what I'm doing. I, I set that up. And then I also have a sinus issue. And I've had this for many, many years. And uh, she said, you know, you should go see a doctor about that. Maybe you have an allergy and it's continual. Uh, you know, it's a problem. And uh, it needs to be checked out. And I said, come on. <laughs> I've been okay for years and years. I just, I, I learned to live with it. She goes, you know, it, it's important to me. I don't want you to die young. That's what she said. I don't want you to die young. And if it's important to her, it's important to me. And so she is uh, helping me see myself in a way that I need. I need to look. I need to look at myself. So that's what I'm doing. I'm listening to her and I'm making these appointments that I don't want to make. And I'm doing things not only for her, of course. Of course it's for me. But she motivated me to do it. She reminded me that it's important that I'm healthy. When I'm, you know, when I get older, it's important that I'm healthy now, of course, but as we age, you know, she is what, 50, 51 now, she is now around the same age as I am and she's going to get older as well and she's doing the same thing for herself and I make sure, <laughs> I make sure to let her know you should go see a doctor for that. And we're fortunate enough to pay exorbitant amounts of uh, medical insurance. <laughs> it's a lot of money. But we pay it, and I need to take advantage of it because I do my best to avoid it. But I can't do that anymore. I need to do more now. I can't just avoid my problems because as we grow older, if there are things that we haven't taken care of, they could get worse. They could. They may not. I'm not going to take the chance. So this is me sharing how I relate to aging. And I'm not even, I haven't touched on the emotional aspect of this yet. What is the emotional aspect of this? How do I feel about aging? And I think that was the letter writer's intent. How do you feel about aging? What do you think of it? What, you know, maybe what about your mortality? What about dying? You know, how do you relate to all that? How do you get through it? And so I've had to think about that for a long time. I've had to think about that. In fact, several years ago, I said, you know, if I died today, I think I've lived a pretty good life. 
That was several years ago. <laughs> I've lived a pretty good life, so dying isn't so scary to me. Of course, I don't want to die. I don't want to face the pain or the suffering that might precede my death. I don't want to go through that. But, you know, if it happens, it happens. But today, I feel different. Today, I feel like I have so much more to accomplish. I think I might have said that before I started all this stuff, you know, the overwhelmed brain and all that. I, I think in the past, I felt like I had given all I could give and I had no more to give and that life was just going from job to job. And then when I started giving what I know, creating this podcast, writing articles, uh, selling programs and courses and really teaching what I know in every, every possible way, I mean, especially the podcast. I just love pushing all this out there. Whether it lands or not, that's it's not up to me for, to decide. I'm not going to say that this is helpful for everyone, but I mean, even now I'm just talking about myself, but I'm hoping some people can relate to this. But there was a point where I started choosing to give more and more of what I know. I believed what I know could help others. And so this is what I do. I give what I know. And I feel like this is, this is really helping me understand that there's so much more to life. In fact, for me, there's so much more to life than taking. And that's what changed for me. Is like I spent a lot of my life taking. What can I get next? What else? What else? What else was out there? What else can I experience? And it shifted. In fact, um, maybe during my marriage, I forget. There's sometime, sometime in the middle, sometime in the middle of my life, it shifted from taking to giving. I just wanted to give more, as much as I could, to people out there so that they could experience some better days, some better weeks, some better relationships, or change their current relationship, heal it. Figure stuff out in their lives so they don't have all these challenges that they have to stress out about. And so I started that process of giving and continuing to give as much as I could. And that has fulfilled me. That has shifted my, my paradigm, as they say, the, the dynamic of my life. And that's changed a lot. So now I'm 52 and thinking, I have so much more to give. <laughs> I want to keep continue giving. So I don't want to die. That means I have to do more. It means I have to work on myself. Work out, eat right, sleep, all the basics. We know the basics. I don't have to push them down your throat. You, are, you already know all this stuff. But it becomes more and more important as you get older. And in my life, I think I've reached that tipping point. I reached the point uh, where I have peaked. You know, maybe 48 was my peak. And it sounds very young. It, it still sounds young to me. But I have to be realistic. And I look at it and I go, okay, I think 48, maybe 49 is my peak. And uh, now it's time to ramp it up if I'm going to continue at a pace that I was at. Because I believe I can probably continue at a good solid pace for another 20 years. I mean, I want to make it to 70. I mean, beyond that, of course, but I mean, I want to make it to 70 at my current pace. And in order to do that, I have to put more into it. So if I had a 15 minute workout once a week <laughs> before, I might need a 15 minute workout once a day or longer. If I drank eight ounces of water a day before, I might have to drink more. So, you know, all the basics we just have to review in our life and figure out if they work for us. What works for you? So coming back to the emotional stuff, like what are my emotions surrounding this relationship or what's my relationship regarding aging? I think I'm embracing it. And I think when we embrace our aging and are okay with these shifts that we're making, and we can be okay how we, our, our looks change. That's a big one. Our looks change, or at least for me. I look in the mirror and I think, damn, <laughs> I didn't have that wrinkle before. I didn't have that extra 
swelling. It looks like swelling on the sides of my mouth. What is going on? Are those jowls? Oh no, here I am thinking I'm looking old. And some days I look better than other days because some days I'm tired. You should see me during my COVID. I'm just looking up in the mirror going, this isn't uh, who I feel like I am, but well, maybe it does. I feel like I am that person in the mirror today. Yes. But normally this isn't who I thought it was. So man, I, I just sometimes pretend to be old, <laughs> just looking in the mirror thinking, Hey old man, but I, I really am. <laughs> I'm getting there. And 52 is young. 40s are young. 50s are young. 60s are young. Even 70s. I mean, 70s, we, we're really starting to feel stuff at the 70s, I think. But uh, I'm looking at this as a way to get comfortable um, sliding into home base. And, you know, I've been running the bases. I've been going to the games, running the bases and all my life. And now... I really need to start to wrap it up. And it might take me 30 or 40 years to wrap it up. It's not going to be the first 30 or 40 or 50 years of my life. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. But I really like the idea that I have another half a life to live. So as I get older, I think this perspective will change. And as we get older as people and we look in the mirror and see these changes, I think we just have to remind ourselves that it's completely natural. And if we've ever relied on looks that perhaps we need to rely on something deeper, I think we need to rely on something more meaningful inside of us. Don't get me wrong. I love good looks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see them as much as I used to in the mirror. Yes, I thought that maybe I was a good-looking guy at one time, and then I look in the mirror and I think, okay, starting to lose that. Starting to lose that, so what does that mean? Well, am I basing my happiness on my looks? And I feel good to say no. I feel good now saying no. But, Paul, what if I'm single? I, I still feel good about it. You know, if I were single... I would say, you got to accept me for who I am. In fact, our relationship will be more meaningful if you accept me for who I am. Because I'm hoping that at this age, it's more about personality. <laughs> it's more about what's inside and not outside. I mean, at any age, of course, it's that. But a lot of us embrace our attractiveness or our qualities, or at least we try to. You know, some of us don't feel attractive. And we do our best to show up in the greatest way possible if we're trying to get a date or trying to meet someone. I hope. I mean, that's what I hope. We're trying to show up in a good way in our lives so that uh, if you're looking for romantic interest, that you're enhancing things about yourself and moving in that direction so that you feel attractive or at least look attractive. You're trying to. And I'm not saying that's a necessary thing. I'm not saying you have to go out there and look attractive for people to be attracted to you because everyone out there has different tastes. I've seen people get matched up that you'd think, how did those people get together? And the story is, they just vary wildly. Oh, they're so funny. Oh, they, um, they just said the right things. They're so nice. Attraction is helpful. Physical attraction is definitely helpful. Um, but what ends up happening is if there's a real physical attraction without the personality compatibility, then what do you got? The attraction kind of goes away when you're together a lot. I mean, you're, you might still be attracted, but it's not all about the attraction anymore. So there's something deeper inside there. There's something deeper that keeps people together. And this is what you need to discover about yourself if you don't know it yet because when you look in the mirror and what you used to appreciate about yourself physically isn't there anymore what's left that might be depressing but that's why it's important you got to go inside and that's what I'm looking at now I mean I look in the mirror and wow I I am no longer my dating profile pic 
<laughs> I am not that person. So how do I embrace this? I, I think that's the, the way to do it is to embrace it. I'm going to embrace this imperfect old person that I see. And what ends up happening is that when you present your authentic, genuine self to the world, you attract the people that are perfect, that meet you at that deeper, most meaningful place inside you. And so that's where I am is that let's just say that uh, my girlfriend says, you know what? You haven't asked me to marry you yet. I'm leaving. <laughs> that's on the radar. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. But she says something like that. And uh, I say, okay, you know, I think I'd say let's get married then. But she, she leaves. There, there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, <laughs> she, she leaves and I think, oh my God, she's gone. What do I need to do now? Uh, I better work out. I got to look good. And then I look in the mirror and I think, I can't help that anymore. I can't help that. What am I going to do? I have to go into a psychological understanding of what's happening. My, my philosophy has been, hey, my good looks will be the first door and my personality will be the second door. But now the first door is my personality because I'm looking at this and thinking, oh man, that's not the person I used to be. And of course, we're our own, our, we are our own worst critics. Somebody might look at me today and say, what are you talking about? <laughs> you look fine. But we look at things and we realize, hey, that didn't, um, that doesn't look the way I want it to. So uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to embrace this physical self. I'm going to embrace the body that I'm looking at in front of me. I can't do that. But if I can't, how is somebody else going to be able to get past my own insecurity? How are they going to get past the insecurity about myself that I carry with me? You might think, well, they're just going to uh, say, you look great. What are you thinking? What are you talking about? But it's still in there. It's still inside me. It's inside. It's deeper. It's beyond the physical, deeper within me. And all these insecurities that we hold, that we carry around with us, uh, they, they will show up in our relationships. They show up in different ways, sometimes as dysfunctions, sometimes as toxic behavior, sometimes as, like I said, just insecurities, like jealousy, that's a big insecurity, but that's also a toxic behavior. So uh, what do I need to do to embrace this new physical body that I'm seeing? What do I need to think? How do I think about myself in this state? What do I need to do? I, I have to come to the conclusion that what's inside of me is going to be more important in the end. And some people might listen to this and say, well, that's just ridiculous because what's outside is the, that first door. I may not get the chance to talk to somebody because they see what's outside of me. Well, here's the thing, and this is what I've learned over and over again, is that the more comfortable you are with yourself, the totality of who you are, the more it comes out in your language, in your inflections, in your, the way you move, in your nonverbal uh, gestures and signals, all of this stuff comes out when you are super comfortable inside yourself. Not an unhealthy narcissistic viewpoint, but a healthy ego in the sense that I'm a great catch. I mean, this is me. I'm a great catch and I feel good inside myself. And who wouldn't want me? That is my new philosophy, or at least it's been like, like that for the last decade. Who wouldn't want me? And then when somebody doesn't want me, I don't get dejected. I don't feel insecure in myself. I'm going to say, first of all, we're probably not compatible because you would want me if we were compatible. Secondly, if um, you don't want me, it's not about me. It's about your wants and needs. And 
Why would I want to control that? I mean, of course, you should find who you want to find and who you feel compatible with and who you feel attracted to. But that doesn't mean I'm unattractive. And third, if our personalities aren't compatible and we're not um, syncing, you know, we're talking back and forth and we're not creating some sort of energy or vibrancy in, in between us, we're not creating that, uh, what do they call it, synergy, we're not creating that, then of course this shouldn't be a thing because I want to create that synergy. I want to create that vibrancy in our conversation. I want that energy. I want to feel that. And once we feel that, that's a true, deeper connection. And again, this is only if you're looking for a romantic connection. But this is a lot of what happens when we age is we think we're not going to be as attractive as we used to be. Probably not. <laughs> Physically, we're probably not going to be physically attractive. However, when you're 70, 80, 90, your tastes may change. I mean, this is what I've noticed in my life. In my 20s, I was attracted to girls anywhere from teenagers to maybe upper 20s. And in my 30s, I was attracted to mid-20s to mid-30s. And then my 40s, you know, it kept number the numbers kept rising. And, you know, my 40s, I'm attracted to people around my age. My 50s, here I am again. I'm attracted to people around my age. And uh, what I've noticed is that, uh, or at least what I thought about, is when I was in my 20s, I saw people in their 40s as really old. <laughs> because that was my mom. She's old. So I wasn't attracted to those people. But then in my 40s and my 50s, I'm attracted to people in my age group. So what does that mean? That means that I probably will have that same level of attraction as I get older. Now, this doesn't work for everyone. I'm not saying that this is what happens to everyone because, yes, we've seen it all, really old people with really young people. It does happen that way for many reasons, and I'm not here to question that or talk about that. But in general, I've seen this a lot where, you know, it's hard for me to look at somebody in their 20s and say, wow, I'd really like to date that person because I have no uh, connection. What are we going to talk about? I mean, they were born with an iPhone in their hands and I was born with a, a ball with a string on it with a paddle. <laughs> it's like slap, slap, slap. I'm playing paddle ball or whatever it is. And um, just different worlds. Saw different movies, different culture, different upbringing. Not saying it can't work. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does for a lot of people. But that goes back to the compatibility. Some people might say, hey, that young person has an old soul. And of course, that's why they're dating somebody that's older. You know, I can get into that more. But coming back to the emotional state of relating to aging, I think it's, it really comes down to being okay with who you are at the inside. You know, the part that doesn't really grow just gets wiser. And... um being okay with what you're doing in the world. And I'm not saying that you have to turn into a giver like I did. And I'm, I'm not always giving. I take too. I receive. I take. I enjoy life. At least when I, I don't have COVID. <laughs> I do everything I can that is within my limits and within my time. And I feel good about it. And I think that's important too. I mean, you're going to get to an, a certain age where if you don't feel good about what you're doing and it's been a long time, you just have to consider what else you might want to do. I mean, that doesn't sound like a very well thought out suggestion, but you know how short life gets as we get older because of what might be our body not being able to do, to do everything we used to do. This is what I've learned. So if I spend every day, 12 hours a day, uh, doing something I don't like or being with people that uh, are very toxic or I don't like, then that's where I'm spending my time and I have to be really diligent about maybe changing that or finding a different path, finding something else to occupy my time 
so that I can look back and say, you know, every day I spent in my older years, I have enjoyed, I have at least tried, I've at least tried to do things that I would rather do. And again, this might be very difficult for some people. They might say, look, I have to work three jobs. I do not have any retirement. I don't have any savings. This is what happens. Some people will get to that point where they need to continue working. And it's just so important to find something that you can at least not hate (laughs) and maybe even enjoy. And even that's hard. And, you know, this is not exactly a show about what to do when you get older. It's just about how to relate to it. So there are online resources you can look for if you are getting to that point and you don't know what to do and you don't have any money. There's a lot of other people that talk about that. I'm not going to invest too much time right now on that. But uh, that's certainly something that goes through my, through my mind and a lot of other people's minds. And that's why I'm bringing it up. That's why I'm bringing this up because this is what happens. We have all these thoughts and they're fears sometimes. And so, yeah, these fears have come to me. Am I going to have enough money by the time I retire? Or when I retire, are we going to have enough? I mean, this is something my girlfriend and I discussed. We have our, we've set up our, our retirement plans very late in life. Not a good idea, but that's what we did. And so we really are still working hard and we continue to work hard at building and building and building that up so it doesn't run out before we die. So this is one of those things. We have to work harder. We have to do more. And we are planning ahead. So when I consider my own emotions around growing older, I think it helps me to know that I have committed to planning ahead and moving forward in a way that I know will be extra effort to feel the same as I used to feel. Maybe not always, and maybe it won't always work, but I have come to accept that there are areas in my life that I will work harder, and there are also areas in my life that I won't work as hard. What are those areas? Those areas are, let's look at work. If you work 12 hours a day and you have a family that you see one hour a day, man, that's tough. I don't want to miss out on family time. What can I do to make more family time? What can I do to make more quality time with people I love? And so that's, you know, you have different priorities as you get older as well. And what, how I feel about that is that it's really important to connect with the people I love, you know, especially my parents, you know, my mom, at least my mom is up there. My dad had already died many years ago, but you know, my mom, she's up there, 78, I think, I mean, up there, up North and she's up in age. And, uh, I want to see her more often. I don't really have the time to do that or, you know, I can't just take vacations all the time, but I'm certainly going to make it more of a priority than let's say adding an addition to the house. Why am I going to do that? I I should, uh, I should increase the value of the house. How about that? No, I want to go see my mom. (laughs) I want to go see her because she may not be there next year. Anything could happen. So I think our priorities change and it makes me feel good knowing that I am now shifting my priorities. And so when we shift our priorities, uh, they usually go to the things that are more meaningful to us. Right now, family is meaningful. People are meaningful. And I think as we get older, people, people become more meaningful because uh, we can lose a lot of people as we get older because they die. They disappear. They go away. They pass on. And that's uh, something we have to consider as we get older. I've seen many of my friends die already. I'm only in my 50s and these people are dying. Well, you know, Some of them are older than me and they're not that much older. They're, they're really not that much older, but they've died. And now I have to consider my mortality. Coming right back to that. What about your mortality? What does that mean? That means that uh, how do you feel about death? 
are you ready? <laughs> this isn't something that uh, we ever talk about, death. We don't want to talk about death because we don't want to die. We don't want people around us to die. We don't, we don't want people we love to die. We want to be around them. We, I, mean, I think about my cat. My cat died, and that was a 20-year relationship that I had with my cat. I loved my cat. I still think about him. I miss him. And then there are other important people in my life that have died, and I miss them. I think I miss my cat more. But <laughs> that's not to say they weren't important. Just a different relationship. But death is a part of getting older. And I'll never forget um, this article I read once where it was, there was a woman, she was being asked, and she was really, really old, and she was asked about I forget what it was, some big outbreak, some big plague that happened and it might have been in the, I'm going to sound really ignorant here, 20s or 30s. Something happened a long time ago in the past, but not so far that she wasn't um, around. But it was either in a newspaper or something and she was talking about all her, all her kids that have died. And I'm thinking, what? And she mentioned all her kids and their names and she had several that passed on, and as she talked about them, it was sounded it sounded really nonchalant. She just stated it as a matter of fact. That's what happened. She got used to it, and that's what people were doing back then and during this plague or whatever outbreak. People got used to other people dying. Not that it didn't hurt. I'm certainly going through it was very painful, but there was a different um, there was a different time of life. And because everyone was dying, it was sort of like expected. And so it wasn't so much um, thought about as, oh, let's never talk about it. Maybe because it was happening, it was talked about. Maybe people brought it up because it was really happening. And I think we can sometimes harm ourselves if we don't talk about it. Sometimes we do have to talk about this stuff. I mean, my girlfriend and I are doing our wills and boy, that was hard. That was a hard conversation. If I die, where does my stuff go? If we die together, where does our stuff go? And boy, just putting all that together, it's, it's challenging. But as we get older, it's important to think about that stuff too. I think I've skated around the emotions part a little too much. So I'm going to come back uh, after the break and get into that. But we'll be right back after this and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more back in a moment sponsor came along because they are offering something to me that uh, I really, really need. And those are electrolytes, these important electrolytes that everyone needs. Even if you're not an athlete, electrolytes are important. In fact, this company, Element, they have a super tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. In fact, oh my God, I had the most delicious Element mix. It was a chocolate salt mix. It had none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs. And I have been drinking uh, one or two a day, depending on how I feel, during this illness. And I really believe it's what's helping me get through it. And without it, I think I would just be so fatigued. And I'm telling you this right now because Element is offering listeners of this show a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any element order. Get yours at drinklmnt.com forward slash brain. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklement, that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com forward slash brain. And guess what? Element offers a no questions asked refund. You got to give it a shot. You're going to love it. You know, as I get older, I am so much enjoying the simplicity and convenience of ZocDoc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, 
and treat almost every condition under the sun. Here I am in the middle of feeling sick and feeling weak and being able to have this resource, it's a lifesaver. I'm so glad they exist. There's no more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't even met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book doctors in their neighborhood who are patient-reviewed and fit their needs and schedule just right. I want you to check out ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com forward slash brain and download the ZocDoc app for free. You can find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Let me spell it for you. Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com forward slash brain ZocDoc.com forward slash brain. Welcome back. Like I said earlier, I think I've been skating around the emotions part, you know, the emotions related to aging. So I'd like to start to wrap this up by saying, I think uh, as I get older, the way I relate to getting older, the relationship I have to aging is a very healthy one. I don't want to age, but I don't resist it. I don't like the some of the things that are happening because of my age, but I don't resist it. I don't like the idea that um, I might have to go through some medical tests and procedures but I don't resist it. And that's my bottom line. And because I don't resist, I don't have uh, as much fear or trepidation about aging because I think resistance builds walls inside of us. And um, when we resist something, as you know, it persists. And what I mean by that is, or at least the way I interpret that, is if I resist aging or if I resist all the medical checkups that I'm going to have to go through and all the uh, frailties that I'm going to be experiencing when I get older, if I start resisting that, if I start resisting how I look in the mirror, what I'm doing is building an internal conflict that I'm going to have to carry through my old age. This is sort of like going against the flow. I can go with the flow of age and see where it takes me, like a a sailboat in the wind, or I can try going the opposite against the wind, pushing my little ship, trying to get through this very windy day and the sails trying to pull me back the other way. And that's resistance. That's what I would feel if I chose not to accept all these things happening to me. I think it's important to be okay with aging and to accept that you're not alone. I'm not alone. I'm going through this with other people. And I don't mean in a romantic relationship. I mean, in general, there are people around me that are this age. In fact, our friends are around the same age as us. And the conversations you have (laughs) when you age together, when you age over the years, when you're all in your 50s or all in your 60s, the conversations that you used to have and the conversations that you have today are completely different. I never thought that I would be talking about uh, bathroom habits with our best friends. And that's what happens is that we started talking about this stuff. And I remember we did this a few weeks back. And I said, um, you can tell we're getting older because these conversations are so comfortable to us. Hey, you know when you uh, go to the bathroom and XYZ happens... We don't talk about that when we're younger because it's not really an issue for most of us. But when we get older, we realize, oh, everyone else has experienced that. Everyone my age, at least, is experiencing this stuff too. So I start to feel more comfortable uh, expressing what's going on inside of me. And they do too. And that helps too. So instead of resisting all this stuff, all these ailments and frailties and I don't think I could go on because it's just too much. I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to have to have to go through all these procedures or whatever. I, I don't want to get 
weaker. I don't want to get um, you know, more forgetful. That's so much resistance, and I've decided that uh, you know it's okay. Uh, it's okay if that happens. I don't want it to, but it's okay, and I'm okay with it. And I'll deal with it when it comes. And that's really my last comment. I'll deal with it when it comes. I'm going to stay present. I'm going to stay with me. <laughs> stay with me. I'm going to stay with me. I'm going to stay on this path. Stay in the flow and just see what happens. But I'm going to do more because I know things will change. And I'm not going to resist change. Not as much as I used to. <laughs> But I'm not going to resist change anymore because I know that change is coming and I just have to be real. I know change is coming. It's a real thing. I just have to be more prepared and more preventative and do the best I can. And maybe that helps you too. I appreciate you tuning in today. Thank you for surviving my cold-like voice. Uh, I think I'm on a, a good track now. I think that this is finally going away. This is as much energy I've had all week. I couldn't even do a show last week. So uh, I'm happy to be back on the air. Still a little difficult, but the show must go on. <laughs> Glad you made it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be right back with my thank yous and goodbyes and my final comments right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. Wow, that felt energized. That's pretty good. I'm so happy you showed up today. I'm going to thank the patrons this week. Holly, Veronica, Vanessa, Deborah, Adriana, Leela. Uh, oh, I'm having so much trouble with this. Christy, Anna, Maria. Maria's new. I want to show you all this excitement, Maria, but I, I just can't pull it out. I think I just wasted it on the uh, thank you part. But I am very excited you were here. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for your support. Um, Dilek, I think I pronounced that correctly. Victoria, Emily, all of you are wonderful. Sally. Sally's another new person. Wow, thank you, Sally, for your support. Maria and Sally and uh, Andy is in there too. I am grateful for all of you. Thank you so much. And these are the people that financially support the show. And I read new names every week. Patrons of the week, thank you again. Thank you for the new patrons as well. They found value in this show and they decided to give back. Very grateful. And um, it's a good week to give back because I need, I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about I need your energy, I need your positive thinking, I need your uh, prayers or whatever you want to give. All, all good. And uh, you've already, and a lot of people have already given that. I've already talked about this in the uh, Facebook group. If you're not part of the Facebook group, you are welcome to join. It's called the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment Group. Hope to see you there. And uh, people have given me such wonderful comments, wonderful love. I've seen all those comments. I've hearted them all. And I appreciate all of you for thinking of me and sending me positive vibes and prayers and all that. So thank you again. And coming back to the patrons, if you find value in the show like the patrons do, uh, I'm going to give you an address. You can go to moretob.com and you have an option to join the program and give back if you'd like. It's up to you if you have the means to do it. Thank you again, patrons. I appreciate all of you. I'm going to read a uh, quick review. What is it? It's your episode on vulnerability was the first step I took in my journey to become a happier person. And it was really refreshing to hear someone be okay or be so okay with their insecurities. Thank you for allowing me to relate and remember I'm not alone. Wow, thank you for writing that. That was uh, Brooke B. Chicity. <laughs> Brooke B. Chicity, I think I got it right. Thank you so much for writing that review. And wow, it's right in alignment. I didn't realize it uh, aligned with everything I just talked about. Yes, if you can be okay with your insecurities and um, know that there's so many other people with them and you know, you're, you're not alone. Of course not. I mean, I have insecurities. I have fears. I have thoughts that, um, 
probably shouldn't have. <laughs> you know, I, I work on this stuff all the time. And yeah, I might still have to deal with some emotional trigger that comes up every now and then or some fear or insecurity like you're saying. And uh, we all do. And if you don't, then you probably don't deal with other people. <laughs> you probably have no worries because everyone's so different. Some of us are similar, but a lot of us are different. A lot of us, well, all of us have uniqueness about us. And sometimes our unique qualities uh, don't always vibe. They don't always sync, like I was saying earlier. If we're not synchronized, sometimes it can get difficult. And so those difficulties, you know, you can either work through them together or you can go on your way. But this is the problem is that we don't all think the same. We don't all feel the same. We all have different values. And so this is what happens is that if you have any insecurities and you think, well, I'm alone in this, you're not because we're all different and we all have insecurities and we're all going to have uh, some issue with somebody somewhere down the road. And, um, those people are also going to have, uh, also going to have their own insecurities. Everyone has their own insecurities. And just because somebody doesn't share yours doesn't mean they're better than you. <laughs> doesn't mean they're worse than you. They're just different. And we all have them. So thank you so much for writing that. And I appreciate you as well. Thank you for reviewing the show. I am grateful. And uh, let me tell you about a couple other things. Uh, Love and Abuse. If you go to loveandabuse.com. That is a podcast that I host as well on how to deal with difficult relationships. So if you are dealing with somebody that keeps making you feel bad or guilty or responsible for all the problems, head over to loveandabuse.com. Make sure that you listen to that so you're not, you don't think you're going insane and you're definitely not alone over there. And if you just happen to be the difficult person in the relationship, I've got a place for you too. It's a healing place. Go to Healed Being. Dot com. That is a program I run for people that really want to change that behavior and start treating the people they love with uh, compassion and empathy and just show up as a better person for themselves and for others and um, really experience what a healthy, loving relationship is supposed to be like. That's over at healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, uh, this is actually perfect because I actually forgot what I was going to talk about at the end. And uh, this is one of those things that sometimes comes with age. <laughs> sometimes we forget. I'll probably remember after the recording's done. But it's one of the things that I really had to struggle with for a while as far as believing I had a great memory and then finding out that my memory isn't as great as it used to be. So there was a time where I believed I had a great memory. And then there was a time that I believed I had a terrible memory. And then I had a great one again. And now I'm at the place where I really don't think um, it's good or bad. It's kind of, it just, sometimes it works great. And sometimes I have no idea. In fact, um, there's a lot of uh, childhood memories that I don't have. I actually hear this from a lot of people. I don't remember certain events that have occurred that people tell me about. And um, I'm not saying that I have Alzheimer's or dementia or anything like that. It doesn't really run in my family. But uh, that's a real event for a lot of people. And you know, my heart goes out to you, definitely. But um, that's certainly something that has crossed my mind. Like, what if that happens? What if I'm more forgetful? What I could carry these worries with me for sure. I could carry that as anxiety. But is my quality of life different now, right now? I could carry that with me, thinking it could happen. But why would I want to? Why would I allow myself to think about a future like that? Why don't I just enjoy today? Let's go back right to that present moment stuff. Why don't I just enjoy right now? I'm enjoying it right now. I'm just in the moment, real time. I'm enjoying it right now. It feels good to just enjoy this. Just enjoy this moment. 
I may not get this moment again. This moment is happening right now. This is it. Here I am. And I'm going to just extend it another 10 seconds. And I'll bring it right back, right into the closure of the show so that we can go out with a positive feeling about ourselves and enjoy maybe the rest of the day or the evening and just bring this positive feeling with us. Always remember to keep your mind open and step into your power. This helps you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.